Monday Club Clips brought to you by rhinotradeinsurance.com. And on Thursday, I went to, where did I go? I went to Sheffield. To, um, you know Monty, the guy at Arena Training? Yeah, I don't know him, but I know Arena Training, yeah. Yeah, Pete Monford. Uh, I went down there and I met up with the guys from NET. You know, the guys who do the AM2? No. Nice. The guys who control and manage the AM2 assessment. Oh, like um, sort of a governing body. Kind of thing. Part of yeah, ECA. Yeah. Another, another branch of ECA. But they're the guys <laughs> that create the standard of the AM2 assessment. They write it. They... Uh, coordinate it and they are very strict with it and um people are getting about 37 percent average pass marks everyone's failing it so yeah. they're trying to create some support mechanisms to help people with the am2 assessment and they've asked me to come in and help so i went down there and did some recording some video stuff uh, oh, I think harder I then? has the am2 got harder i i i would suggest no um because the am2 no longer requires actual um, erection of wiring systems. Is this the AM2S or still the AM2? AM2, AM2S, and now the oh. AM2E. Or is it M? So when I'm I was sure one. when I done it, whenever it was 10, 12 years ago, it was um, you didn't actually have to put in any containment. You just done mm. just followed a wiring diagram. Just really? Followed, yeah, followed, a lot of people still don't do that. A lot of people still don't read the drawing. But no, when when it, in my old time, there was a bench and there was one bit of tube on it one bit of trunk in on it, and you had to obviously put the tube in with a bubble set, and if you needed more resource, failed. You know, you weren't allowed more resource, it's a one Yeah, that's it, so, yeah. So bend it, then cut it. You know, that kind, yeah, of, yeah. That yeah, kind yeah. of thing. I've never um, done the AM2, I've never done it. No, they, um, <clears throat> they changed it a number of years ago, it's no longer fabricating a wiring system. That is done, however, in the City and Guild qualification, it's halfway down the line, uh, where it's obviously assessed by in internal assessors. But it's now more, there's just so much to do. You know, they've got things like SY cable in there as well now. And obviously Why? S band Y band. I don't know. I don't know. I have kind of questioned that myself. But other people um, that, that sort of, that can't really, are they aware that, that that is sort of seen as a sort of frowned upon amongst real proper electricians? I mean, you get it used in the, in the AC industry and things like that. But I think as it's a thing, it's a box to tick to inspect. It's like the new, the new thing that they're doing, this um, skim, skim assessment. This skims, if you want to go for the, uh, the mature candidate, there's a list of things you're supposed to look at, and it's called a, a skim assessment or a skill assessment where you're doing it yourself. And it's in there, SY, uh, as if that's part of an electrician's requirement to be able to perform that. And to be fair, if you were to select that cable type, a lot of people don't know the proper way of landing it. Yeah, I would have a clue. Fair because um, you, you know you have to get a specific gland and you have to go up both sides and then you do it and you do it in the clockwise direction there's a specific method i think G gary put a video on gsh with it with input terminate in it um but i agree it's it's, it's it's frustrating that stuff like that has come in but things like fabricating a bond uh, you know a conduit set and all that stuff has come out but but no the uh, the long story is the past markers in the 30s they want to try to find ways to make that better so they, i had a meeting with them in london just before covid hit and I was basically talking about things like, you know, a lot of apprentices aren't really taught, you know, shown the AM2 at the beginning and during the middle of their apprenticeship. It's more a case of go through college, then right at the end, prepare you for a last little exam or a last little practical thing. But you can do an AM2 refresher course, can't you? It's like five days where you basically <clears throat> go in there and do the AM2 for a couple of days. And yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. And that's, I think that is kind of the problem in that a lot of colleges reverted to doing it that way. And so net was seeing that a lot of companies were trying to help 
and a lot of learners were relying on that to help them but they weren't prepared yeah. the employers weren't preparing them and the biggest problem that they're finding is one you just mentioned it sam reading the freaking drawing in front of you properly mm. and following it and the other one which they're all failing on is their experience in inspection and testing because they just can't develop that in a day. And yeah, they can't develop that, that end point. Yeah. I'll be really honest with you. When I did my AM2, I don't know how I passed it, to be honest, because <coughs> I didn't do enough testing and inspect, uh, inspecting and testing at college, because you mm -hmm. only do the bare minimum. Um, and I was testing um, social housing, and I've said it before. I said it on the Wheels Electrical podcast just listened to today, was... Um, testing from the van i would be driving the van the electrician i was paired up with would be <laughs> give us a number between 30 and 50 uh, and 60 and you'd be like 52 and he'd be like right okay that's 52 so that was that's my so experience terrible. of testing i, I was, was lunacy i when i worked with a um housing association in bracknell the lads would be kicked out of the depot in the morning by 8 30 they go straight down to mcdonald's and the guys doing EICLs or periodics back then would be already filling in yep. the paperwork over, over the McMuffin in the morning. Yep. They're already filling in the schedule. Because yep. when you work in a place like that, you know, oh, in this district, they're all that type. In this district, they're all that type. So they're already populating the forms and they're already starting to put in numbers. And to be perfectly honest, if they do it every day in the same districts, they're not far off. Yeah, and yeah. That, is, that is an issue is when they can think up numbers and they see that they're not far off. It takes over. It does. Um, some, of the stuff, some of the stuff, I, when I, I, I said it's fresh in my head because I listened to the podcast today with Wills. Um, it's the, uh, it's such a bad way to get into. I had such a pony apprenticeship doing that so, social housing. And there's so many bad habits that you pick up. And once you picked up a bad habit as an apprentice, it's quite hard to shake. That's the so, other thing that they the say, the AM2, everyone that fails because they bring in bad habits. This is so common with people who've been getting in touch with me recently saying how the apprenticeships they're getting on site, you know, they're not really been taught how to do these things. So they're, they're metal munching for a couple of years and they're not really been ex having the, the, the practical skills you would need in such a wide range mm. demonstrated to them. So they're asking for not just support with getting jobs. You're hearing them ask for things like where they're can I more find than that, though, don't some learning? Yeah, where can we find some learning thinking, to do with AM2? And, they're thinking uh, the next job will be like the last job, and they're not seeing the job being the, the actual thing that's going to help them along. So and consult, like they've, they've been doing this with me. They, they, they ask me for help, but then they stay around me because I'm the person giving them positive help and advice and support, and they're not getting that in other places, so they keep coming back. Uh, yeah. and a lot of employers just don't provide it. So what's the actual... I've always struggled to understand what the point of the AM2 actually is in terms of what's the goal of, of the governing bodies to have the AM2. Is it to verify that the MVQ has not been um, fraudulently obtained? It's a driving it test. Think, of, think about your lesson. When you learn to drive, you build up a relationship with your, with your driving instructor. They come to understand how you are, the kind of things that need to repeat and help you understand. But they come to understand you, and that can happen in a training environment especially when we have small, small classes these days where you've got an, a, a guy who does the instruction and then the assessing. It's, it's really not supposed to happen because mm. the guy who's going to assess you wants you to succeed. Of course, yeah. And that gets in the way. And the, oh. so it's like the driving test. You've got that person who's completely non-related to you, doesn't know anything about you, hasn't got no relationship with you, and they stick to the form. They stick to the standard. And that's kind of what the AM2 does. It's very, it's very protected. You're not allowed to wander around and look at the assessment rigs. 
The spec is very, very strictly controlled. And the assessors, even, even in the way it's supposed to work, the assessors in the actual training establishments that do the AM2 assessing are not supposed to actually socialize and integrate with the other trainers. They're not supposed to kind of mingle in really case they can be feeding. Of, yeah, there's very strict processes. It's, and I had this chat with the guys last week. Training is, I mean, you guys may know how I feel about training, but the AM2 is kind of, to me, it's like the last shield of protection of a good standard of training. Um, and it's very, very vulnerable to being completely popped and corrupted. But right now, people just aren't getting through it because they're not passing because they're not prepared. Monday Club Clips brought to you by rhinotradeinsurance.com.